0: We're continuing our series, Distance, and today I want to talk about doubt. It's a relevant topic for every one of us. The fact is some of you are living with a situation and doubt's a constant companion. Some of you have more questions than answers. Some of you say, well, that's not me. That's okay, because some of you have family, friends, co-workers who are dealing with doubt, and God wants to use you to help them. So wherever you're at, listen up today. See, it's natural to have doubts. We're born with an inquisitive nature. We question things. And just because you're a follower of Jesus Christ does not mean you will not have doubts, that you'll never have questions. In fact, the Bible's filled with men and women who were devoted followers of God, who regularly found themselves in situations where they questioned God, where they questioned their faith. You may have heard of Aesop. He wrote some of the Psalms, the Psalm we're going to look at today. He shares some of his doubts, and he gets brutally honest with God in in this Psalm. Psalm 77, 1 through 9, it says, I pray to you, Lord God, and I beg you to listen. In days filled with trouble, I search for you. All night long, I lift my hands in prayer, but I cannot find comfort. He has my attention uh, immediately in in, in this psalm. He goes on, he says, When I think of God, I sigh. When I meditate, I feel discouraged. He keeps me awake all night. I am worried that I cannot speak. I mean, can you identify with him? He continues, he says, I I think of days gone by and remember years of long ago. I spent the night in deep thought. I meditate, and this is what I ask myself. And, And here comes the questions Will the Lord always reject us? Will he never again be pleased with us? Has he stopped loving us? Does his promise no longer stand? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has anger taken the place of his compassion? And at that point, I got to let these these questions kind of sink in. And there's a common thread, doubt. Now you should know that God is not threatened by doubt. He's not threatened by your questions. We all struggle with doubt from time to time. Martin Luther, the reformer, He says this, he says, knowledge and doubt are inseparable. Only God and certain madmen have no doubts. As I was uh, preparing this message, one of the questions that kept nagging me is why doesn't God make it easier for us? Why doesn't God, when we face a crisis or problem, Like send us a text and explain the purpose or the reason, explain why we're going through what we're going through. I've thought about this a lot through the years, and I'm convinced that God doesn't make it easier because when life's easy, when everything makes sense, when we're comfortable, when when we believe we've got it all figured out, we tend to forget God. But when there are difficulties or challenges and we have doubts, we have a tendency to draw close to God. See, doubt is a distance thing. And here's what I mean. Doubt drives you to close the distance between you and God. When your life gets turned upside down, when you face a struggle or difficulty, the fact is you're more apt to look up. You're more apt to spend time with God. You're more apt to think about God and talk to God. Aesop uh, said this, we, we looked at it just a moment ago, verse 1. He says, I pray to you, Lord God, and I beg you to listen. In days filled with trouble, I search for you. Aesop's doubts. He has questions, and those doubts drive him to God. See, doubts force you to deal with the difficult questions in life. You know, when you're cruising along, everything's good and easy, everything's comfortable. The tendency is to, to live superficially. It's to live shallow without much depth. But, but when you face a difficulty or a problem, you lose a job, a doctor's report that's not good, a spouse walks out, when a, when a child spins out, you go below the surface. You start asking what I would call soul-searching questions. You know, why me? <laughs> what did I do to deserve this? Where, where are you, God? And then at some point, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me? See, the, the doubt starts raising the questions. And it gets you to questions that you would never deal with until you have to deal with the difficulty. See, doubt deepens your faith. When, when you wrestle through the doubts, oftentimes the distance between you and God's closed your confidence in, in God is strengthened. Your your faith is deepened. I remember it's been a little over 15 years ago, God started kind of redirecting me. He was prompting me and, and several others to, to start faith fellowship. And it was a serious time of, of doubt. I, I was doubting the call. Doubting my abilities, doubting if it was God. The fact is I had a lot more questions than answers. And I remember talking to my mentor and my mentor saying, you know, Damon, God's not going to give you a map. He'll prompt you to take a step. And if you take that step, then he'll prompt you to take another I had to wrestle through the what-ifs of starting Faith Fellowship. Now, I can honestly say that when I took the first step, that the doubt started to dissipate. See, in other words, if if you sense God is prompting you, in in spite of your doubts, you're going to have them. In spite of them, you take a step of faith and see if God confirms. And then you take another step. Now, doubt can lead you in a few directions in life. It can lead you to kind of go your own way. It can even lead you to abandon the faith. But doubt can also move you to stand in your faith, to surrender to God. It can lead you to put your trust totally and wholly in Him. I want to look at some practical things that Asaph did to get some distance from his doubt, to overcome his doubt. First of all, he remembered God's track record. You have got to get perspective. You've got to see the big picture when when life's difficult. Psalms 77, 11, and 12. He says, I will remember your great deeds, Lord. I will recall the wonders you did in the past. I will think about all that you've done. I will meditate on on your mighty acts. Did you catch the words there? Remember, recall, think about, meditate. They're they're all activities of the mind. There's a principle that you must understand. Memory is a friend of faith. I can testify to this. I have walked with God for 45 years. And God's record of faithfulness is amazing. Even when I didn't understand things, even when I've had doubts, God's been faithful. And when I look back on my life, friends, I'm blown away. God's simply amazing. Last summer, uh, Cindy and I were on a plane to Fort Lauderdale. We were heading to the Florida Keys, and we were flying at 3,000 feet, almost 600 miles an hour, 200 of us packed in an oversized Mountain Dew can that was being hurled through the sky. Most of the flight, I looked out the window, and all I could see were clouds. No one seemed nervous or panicky on the plane. Why? Why? They trusted the airline's track record. We, we trusted that someone with confident, confidence had, had built the plane. We trusted that someone had inspected it. We, we trusted that someone had put fuel on it before we took off. We, we trusted there were actually pilots in the cockpit, although I never saw them. We trusted the instrument panel was reliable and we trusted that they knew how to get us there. Friends, in the journey of life, you can sit in the seat. You do not have to be nervous and anxious and fearful. God has an incredible track record. Aesop understood that. I remember your great deeds. I recall the wonders you did in the past, whether in my own life, God, or the lives of other people. Romans, uh, the 15th chapter, verse 4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in Scripture and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. If you're struggling with doubt today, read your Bible, read the stories. If God was able to lead 2 million people out of Egyptian bondage, If God was able to knock down the walls of Jericho, if God was able to deliver Daniel from the lion's den, if God was able to deliver Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace, if God was able to raise Jesus Christ from the dead, with that kind of track record, I'd say God can take it. Fill your mind with those great truths of God's activity. Remember God's track record. Store them in your mind and your heart. See, you get distance from doubt by trusting the power of God. Isaiah 40, verse, verse 25, God speaking. He says, to whom will you compare me? Or who's my equal, says the Holy One. See, it's a, it's a question worth asking. You know, what are the options? Does anything compare? Anything. And then Isaiah continues. He says, lift up your eyes and look to heaven who created all these. He who brings out of the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Lift up your eyes to heaven. And consider things. For instance, consider the sun. It hangs in the sky, ninety-three million miles from Earth. It's exactly the right distance to sustain life. If we were a hundred million miles, we'd freeze to death. If we were eighty million miles, we'd be toast. the The, the sun is heat is so intense. It's like a billion nuclear bombs exploding every second. The sun's core temperature, 27 million degrees Fahrenheit. The sun's so intense that it takes only eight minutes for the heat to leave the sun, think about this, and reach your skin 93 million miles later. The sun, it's a billboard that the sun hangs as testimony of God's power and strength. The sun, every time it sets, it screams, I'll be back tomorrow to show you that God is faithful. Friends, lift up your eyes to heaven and consider things. If you do, you'll realize, well, first of all, you'll realize how small you are and how big God is. And you'll realize that God hung the sun and the moon and the planets and the stars. He put them all in the sky. And you'll realize even when the world feels out of control, it really isn't. God created and cares for this vast universe. And remember, you are his greatest creation. He cares for you. Aesop says, not only does it do, do my doubts do I struggle with them, but it helps my doubts when I realize God's power. But I also it helps my doubts when I realize God's character. Aesop continues in, in verse 13, he says, Your ways, God, are holy what God is as great as our God. Friends, we know God is never evil. We know God never seeks to to harm. We know God desires the very, very best for us, that God loves us even when we doubt, even when we stumble and fall. In fact, I can't begin to tell you the times I've been afraid, I've doubted, I've made the wrong decision, but God just kept on loving me, picking me up, using me. Even when God's hand can't be seen, God's heart can be trusted. The longer you walk with God, the the more you come to know that even when life's confusing, even when you've got doubts, that God can be trusted. God wants the best for you. God has a plan. See, you, you get distance from doubt, by looking to the future and celebrating what God's going to do. Verse 15, Aesop says, you're the God who makes things happen. You've showed everyone what you can do. You pull your people out of the worst kind of troubles. Aesop, he's taking his future and placing it in God's hands, knowing that God is more than able you know, consider this promise. This is a life verse for me. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and, and a future. Do you believe that? Do you really? You know, Jim Collins, in his book, Good to Great, Recounts a fascinating discussion that he had with Admiral Jim Stockdale. Now, Admiral Jim Stockdale was the highest ranking POW in the camp known as the Hanoi Hilton. He was there from 1965 to 73. He was tortured more than 20 times. Unimaginable brutality. Jim Collins asked him how he made it through that. And he said said this, he said, I never lost faith in the end of the story. I never doubted that not only would I get out, but I would prevail in the end. I would turn the experience into a defining event in my life. Wow. Friends, biblical hope, is not passively waiting. It's not ignorant denial. It's not wishful thinking. It's not blind optimism. It is squaring off and facing your doubts head on. And it's clinging to God's promises anyway. The Gospels record, and and you might want to read the account, uh, read John chapter 6. But the day after Jesus had fed the 5,000 with just a few fish, a few loaves of bread, the crowd showed up again, and they wanted to be fed. But instead, Jesus taught them that he was the bread of life. And he started explaining his purpose and pointing to his death. And he talked about the difficult choices that his followers would have to make but the crowd found the teachings hard. In fact, Scripture says many quit following Jesus that day. Jesus then turns to his 12 disciples, and he asks them, are you going to leave too? And Simon Peter said this in John 6, 68 and 69. He says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have believed and have come to know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Christ followers, there comes a point, a defining moment when you have to decide. You have to decide if you will surrender to God. You have to decide where you will put your trust. You have to decide who you're going to follow I do not have it all figured out I don't know how to connect all the dots I have a lot of doubts but here's the thing when I look at God's track record when when I comprehend his power when I understand his character when I consider God's desire for my future? What else am I going to do but trust? And that's my question for you today. What else are you going to do but trust God, a mighty God with an incredible track record that has shown his power over and over again? and that has a deep, deep desire to bless your future and to give you hope. Let's go to God in prayer today. Our most holy God, God, we thank you for this day. And God, in the midst of doubt, I pray that we would recall your great works, that we would reach toward heaven and toward you and that we'd find strength, that you would give us hope, a hope that surpasses all our understanding, a peace that's way beyond anything that you can even imagine. God, we thank you for the way you're working. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your dependability. And we give you the praise this day, and every day, with all we say and do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And all God's people said, amen. See you next week. Have a great week.